Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Because you don't know these truths of the Bible, your beliefs are wrong. Remember, our beliefs come from here. They didn't even believe in the Messiah because they ignored all the other books. All the others in the Old Testament showed a Messiah was coming. They simply ignored it. They didn't believe that God was all-powerful. They didn't believe that nothing was impossible with him. They had the wrong picture of God. The Sadducees, religious leaders of Jesus' time, were constantly in conflict with Jesus. They didn't believe that their scriptures were what God said they were. They left out everything after Deuteronomy. This lack of belief kept them from seeing and understanding the true power of God. Jesus tried to get them to understand their need for all of God's word. Pastor Mark will be teaching this story and teaching about our need to understand what God's word actually is. We need to separate traditions from truth. That way we can become the people God intends us to be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke, chapter 20, with part two of his message, What Do You Believe and Why? Remember, when we accepted Jesus Christ, we said to God, you may not have said this personally, but this is what scripture teaches. You come into my life and now you direct my life. I am yours. I'm now a servant of you. I'm not trying to direct my own life. I'm tired of trying to be my own authority. It doesn't work. So I ask you, God, to be my authority. God made every Christ follower a manager of his resources. Your time, your talent, your gifts, your money are God's. And I'm going to actually answer to God for how I did. You know this is a very familiar principle that we've talked about. When you think about that, and I turn my life over to God, and if you want to look up the verse, you can look up 1 Corinthians 6, 6, 19 through 20. That's what I just told you about. Now, what happens at the end of what Jesus did? Look at verse 26. They were unable to trap him and what he had said in public and astonished by his answer, they became silent. I am still amazed. I've been a Christian for more than 68 years and I'm still amazed how incredible and valuable this Bible is to my life. Everything I need to know is right here. I am never in the dark about what to believe. Never. But there's a problem with what I believe. Belief is not enough. 
even if it's 100% true. Let me ask you to write this statement down. The Bible is our only rule for faith, what we believe. When I'm talking about spiritual things, this is where I get my beliefs. My mom and dad, I happen to be Christian, so that helped. But I really get them there from the word of God. When you understand that, for what we believe, but belief isn't enough, and what I practice, what we do. Well, Pastor Mark, I believe I should pay my taxes. Do you? Well, I haven't told anybody, but I kind of not paid them for the last two years. I told you, we have a jail ministry. It's okay. Pastor Mark, do you believe in giving back to God what you owe him? Well, what do I owe him? Well, you really owe him everything, but he asked for much less than that, really, and many times. Well, belief is useless. If you don't follow through with belief, you don't believe it. Do you understand? So it goes together as all of this stuff. Here's the good thing. How many of you remember back in the days when here came the news out? Butter is no good for your health. You will die of a heart attack. How many remember those days? Okay. Then what was the next news that we heard years later? Go back to butter. Margarine will kill you even sooner. Thank you. We just took it for 10 years. You know what I'm waiting for? Take your olive oil and just drink it. It's safe. It's from Israel. I don't know what will happen. I never have to apologize for the word of God. The message never changes. Never. It's always true. Why is that important? Because I don't have to worry. Is this like the updated version? No, it's always true. Let me ask you two more questions. What do you believe about life after death? And what do you believe about marriage and sex in heaven. Yes, I said the word. In heaven. What do you believe about? I, some of you, all, you're really glad now you were going to skip the service, but you're here. Oh, this is going to be good. It is going to be good. Hold on. All right. Now, so what do you believe that happens after death? And what do you believe about marriage and sex in heaven if you even believe about heaven? This is exactly what's going to happen next with Jesus. Look at verse 27. Now, some of the Sadducees, now here's their beliefs, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. The Jewish kind of religious leaders were the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees were a much larger group, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't agree on much of the doctrine. In fact, the Sadducees were wealthy and powerful. But down through the years, wrong beliefs were given to the Sadducees. Let me show you what they didn't believe. These are all wrong beliefs that half of the Jewish religious leaders had. Here we are. The Sadducees only believed in the first five books of the Old Testament. Of course, there's no New Testament at this time. So they only believed in the first five books, the Torah. Number two, they didn't believe in anything supernatural at all. So, of course, they didn't believe in angels. And they didn't believe in the spiritual world. Now, think about this. This is the religious leaders. Next, they didn't believe in life after death. 
When you die, it's over. And of course, if you don't believe in life after death, they don't believe in the resurrection. And last, because they don't believe there's anything after death, they didn't believe in heaven and hell. So they're going to come up with a story. It's a wild story. To put Jesus in a box and say to him, resurrection? Are you an idiot? There is no such thing as a resurrection. And we're going to watch this happen. Now, we used to say, I haven't said this for a long time, but when I used to teach about the Sadducees, we'd call them this, sad, you sees. Because how could you have any kind of life you don't believe in nothing? And you believe everything is wrong. So we call them the Sadducees. Now, watch what happens. Here's they're going to give us this beyond ridiculous story. Verse 28. Teacher, Jesus, they said, Moses, they're back to the five books. Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. No, they're right. There was a law in the Old Testament. Moses had written that if a man dies without a son, his unmarried brother, basically, or nearest male relative, should marry the widow and produce children. The first son of that marriage was given the name of the dead brother and was considered his child. Now, why were they doing that? Well, the main purpose of this instruction was to produce an heir, for the family. So the family line would continue. And that was always tightly connected to the land. So that the land wouldn't be lost to the family. Now, the law called the Leverite law, marriage, was to protect also the widow. Because in those days in the culture, there was not much help for widows. That's why the Bible speaks about it a lot in some of the epistles that were to help them because they had no means to support themselves. Now, here's something very important. By Jesus' day, this law was no longer valid. Remember, if you ever read the book of Ruth, that's what followed this law. So we'll see what happens. Here's the story they give. See if you can follow it. It's crazy as a loon. Here we go. Verse 29. Now, there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second, and then the third married her. And in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. No kidding. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Now then, at the resurrection... Whose wife will she be? Since the seven were all married to her. The Sadducees say to Jesus, what will marriage be like in heaven? Now, interesting, look at this. They don't believe in heaven or the resurrection, but they ask about it. (laughs) Hello, a taco short of a combination plate somewhere here. They don't even believe in those things, but they're given the story to try to trap Jesus. They took this crazy thing to just absurd length. Look at the summary of this. Seven husbands, seven dead men, one dead woman, woman, no child. There's nothing. There's nothing there. And then they say, whose wife will she be 
since the seven were all married to her. The dilemma, they believe that Jesus is going to say, uh, I don't know what to say to you about this one. And it's just going to be absurd. I'm going to answer what Jesus says, but it's the Balmer translation. Then we'll get to Jesus translation. Okay. So pay attention to me. It might take you a little time to get this, but I think you'll get it. So Jesus replied, here's the solution. What am I going to do with all those seven dead people, the wife, whatever, what's going to happen in heaven? Jesus replied, wives that kill their husbands by getting them to drink antifreeze don't go to heaven. That's perfect, isn't it? That's a great answer. I mean, this is the first black widow you've ever seen. I mean, seven guys in a row? My wife was, we were joking about this. And because she's the one that told me long ago about the antifreeze. It's tasteless. You know, you just drink. So my dog tests every one of my drinks before I drink it at all. Somebody at the first service said, I think you love your dog more than that. No way you do that to your dog. Well, wait a minute here. What I'm trying to say is, this is crazy. Now look at verse 34. Here's how Jesus replies. The people of this age marry and are given to marriage. Here on earth, that's what we do. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come. Now notice what he's already saying. After death, there is something. After death, there is something. They don't believe in after death. Those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come. And in the, what's the word? Resurrection. They don't believe in that. From the dead will neither marry or be given in marriage. In other words, Jesus knew this answer, and he teaches about the doctrine of the resurrection. Notice this age, there's something after death. It's called life, and the resurrection is the same. And he teaches that after death, people in heaven no longer practice marriage relationships. That means that your story, I've just answered it, there is no confusion. There is a resurrection. There is life after death. And in heaven, there is no marriage relationship anymore. Now look at verse 36. And I'll explain to you as much as I can why this is. And they can no longer die. When we get to heaven, there's no more death anymore. For they are like the angels. We don't become angels We just have some characteristics that are similar. They are God's children since they are children of the resurrection. So Jesus also says, it talks about the reality of the supernatural. And here's angels again. Everything they believed was wrong. He corrected them all. Every single one. Now, I don't know what you believe, but we'll talk about that as we go through. What Jesus is saying is this. The husband-wife relationship that we know on earth does not translate into the same relationship when we get to heaven. Let me explain that. Men will be recognized, of course, as men. Women as women. They will all be like angels in the sense that they neither marry or are given in marriage. Let's go back to marriage. When Adam and Eve, well, let me back it up even more. When Adam was here, when God designed marriage, Adam was naming the animals, remember? And he, all these animals go, and there's a Mr. and Mrs. Cow, and Mr. and Mrs. This, and Mr. and Mrs. And he says to God, hey, I got nobody here. I'm lonely. 
And he created Eve. One of the reasons for marriage was to end loneliness. Number two, when Adam and Eve got together, what did Jesus say? Have sex, have intercourse, and fill the earth with people. Well, look at me. When we get to heaven, nobody dies. There's no need to fill the earth. That's all gone. By the way, do you think you and I, with billions of people in heaven, are going to be lonely? I know we're not going to be lonely. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Now, will we know people in heaven? Yes. You will know your wife, your husband, all those kind of things. Absolutely no. But the relationship is different because we're actually the bride of Christ. We're going to be there. Also, as you go through this, think about that. No physical reproduction needed. There's no need for childbearing at all. We won't be lonely at all. And every relationship in heaven, every personal relationship in heaven will be perfect just as they're perfect here. (laughs) Only the people laughing are the married people, really. (laughs) Some of you are going... Don't ever show your spouse that I don't have that much time for marriage counseling. You say, well, Pastor Mike, this doesn't sound right. No. In heaven, everything will be perfect. Perfect. We don't understand all of it. We don't really understand it all. But can you imagine saying, well, I'll just soon stay on earth? I don't think so. I don't think so. So when we get there, there's no death at all. We will know one another. What will heaven be like? I can't really tell you. Now, we have all these movies and books, and people go up, they give you a little snapshot. Paul says, I was there. I can't put into words what, it was, what it's like. When, that's why I don't read many of those stories. Was Paul, the, the greatest author of the New Testament, was asked, what's heaven like? He says, I was there, but I can't put it in words. Well, I can't put it into words either. When we get there, we'll probably be speechless as well because it's going to be just unbelievable. Don't ever think as heaven as kind of an extension of earth. Well, we just pass over here. Not at all. Not at all. There's no time in heaven. I should have heard amen there because I can preach forever. And you could walk out and I have to be fine with you because you can't sin. You have to stay right here. No, I'm just kidding. No. There's no death and there's no sin. Now, when we get there, we'll have brand new bodies designed for eternity. Do you know what Paul says about our body? He calls our body in the New Testament a tent. What is a tent? Some of you will be tending this weekend on your vacation. A tent is temporary. How many know this morning that your tent has started to leak already? Exactly. Exactly. It's not exactly the same. When you get up in the morning, it's like, where did that come from? All I did was bend down twice yesterday. (laughs) I want to read you something. Because when you see how the Bible uses this illustration when we're resurrected, what our new body is going to be, I'll read it to you. It's so exciting. Get ready for some amens. Corinthians 15. In the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. It's kind of a seed illustration. But they will be raised to life forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they'll be raised 
in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they'll be raised as perfect spiritual bodies forever. Amen. Hallelujah. There's nobody here that is going to say, can I just take my old body to heaven? Not one of us. It's going to be perfect. How good is it going to be? I would say this. It makes no sense to any of us anyway. It's going to be billions of times better than it is here. And by the way, here is okay because we have God. Amen. But it's going to be a billion times. No sin, no sickness, no problems, no arguments, a perfect God forever. And we're just going to sit on the cloud and go, hmm. No, get my teachings on heaven. If that was heaven, we'd probably want to stay here. <laughs> it's going to be unbelievable. New Jerusalem's coming down this city. And you know, with the new body, here's the way it is. I want to be on the 17th floor of the new city of Jerusalem. I'm there. Let me just say this. No 95. Amen? Road rage. None. None. I'm there. So I hope you have hope because that's where we're going. Now, here's the question. As Jesus was teaching this in the Matthew, basically the same story, he added something. Look at this. Jesus replied, speaking to the Sadducees, you are in error. You're deceived because you do not know the scriptures. Now, they knew the scriptures, but they didn't really understand the application. Or you do not know the power of God. How could you not believe in supernatural things? How could you not believe in angels? And you think you know the power of God? No, not at all. Not at all. So because you don't know these truths of the Bible, your beliefs are wrong. Remember, our beliefs come from here. They didn't even believe in the Messiah because they ignored all the other books than the first five books of the Old Testament. All the others in the Old Testament showed a Messiah was coming. They simply ignored it. They didn't believe that God was all-powerful. They didn't believe that nothing was impossible with him. They had the wrong picture of God. Now, here's something for us today. Why don't people today know the word of God? the only true authority. Why don't they know the word of God? Let me give you some suggestions. Number one, they've never been taught the word of God. Some of you are brand new to our campus. You always want to find a church that teaches the word of God, right from the word of God, because that's the truth. Thank you for being here. You're learning something. Outside our doors, most people have no idea what I'm talking about because they've never been taught the Word of God. Today, Pastor Mark taught us about ownership. The main thing to remember is that God owns everything. Since that's the case, we need to pay attention to what he says about how to treat his stuff. We're to be managers of the resources he's entrusted us with. It's important for us to remember that we will be held accountable for what we do with His possessions. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The next section of Pastor Mark's message will conclude the teaching, What Do You Believe and Why? We will be told about the Sadducees, religious leaders of Jesus' time, and why they missed what God had for them. They will take their turn at trying to deceive Jesus and will fail miserably while at the same time missing the message he tried to give them. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.